Welcome back to the Get Your Pickle Out podcast and show. I am your host, as always, Bran Pickle. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. How are we all doing on this fine evening, morning, afternoon? However, whatever time you choose to digest this podcast, welcome all back once again. Now, that was a lengthy little opening there, wasn't it? Bloody hell, I took that a little bit further. Let's get this podcast started and talk about what we're going to be discussing today. Today, we're going to be discussing the biggest flops of 2020. And, of course, that is in relation to gaming or it could be other things as well. But we are going to look at mostly gaming today. First off, let's just say, what a mad, mad year it's been. If you're listening to this podcast, well, the direct effects of this year could have been the reason you found this podcast. People have had a lot more free time than they would have had in usual years. And that is because of, well, we all know why the COVID-19 pandemic It's been an absolute crazy year, and this is the root cause of most of the problems. It seems like decades ago where there was a bit of normality, and we were kind of just all going around our days doing our own things, seeing whoever we wanted to see, going wherever we wanted to see, and living in a life without restrictions. But there we have it. If it wasn't for those restrictions, if it wasn't for that time, the more time that I had spending at home, I would have never started this podcast. I would have never have started my content creation. It's something that I've always wanted to do. Something that I've always thought about delving in. And during the pandemic, it's given me that time. And I honestly think I'm going to carry it on throughout. Because I really, really enjoy this now. I enjoy doing this stuff more than anything else that I used to previously do. The only thing that I'm probably going to continue from my old life, let's call it, is my Muay Thai boxing. Which... I've, I've I've continued a little bit throughout the pandemic. Obviously, I have had to stop when the gyms have been shutting things. But for the high majority of it, I have been doing my Muay Thai boxing throughout the pandemic alongside content creating. But how does that relate with this? Well, 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 well. There has been some massive gaming flops of the year. And I think a lot of that could come down to the COVID-19. It's obviously great news that we've got a vaccine. But... Who knows what 2021 is going to bring in terms of this. We're going to be tasting the effects of the COVID pandemic for probably the next two, three years. And even if you're thinking, oh, but everything will be back to normal. You have to remember everything that's been delayed because of COVID. Everything that has to now play catch up. Financial markets. Game companies reworking themselves back into working in office spaces again. Those people that have been gotten so used to working at home now having to commit to different commutes, going to an office daily, and I think it's going to be just as much of a funny year. But anyway, 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 today's episode, we're going to be looking at the biggest flops. Now, speaking of flops, now we do this every single week on the podcast, but... It's going to be the last time we do it. We are going to talk about the Pickle Open. Now, when I talk about this today, I'm also going to be talking about general consensus when it comes to content creation. Now, I know people really like it when I get a bit deeper on content creation and the psychological values behind that. Now, today, we're going to be looking at the Pickle Open. As always, I I hosted a Call of Duty tournament this Sunday over on my Twitch channel. 
And as always, I've branched out. I've got lots of different people in. But unfortunately, this week, different situations arose. It started off great. It was one of the best tournaments that I've ever hosted. The teams were absolutely flying out of the block. And it was a lot of fun. But then, suddenly, in the midst of the semi-final, one of the players, Jay Don, who we always call a bum, funnily enough, got shadow bans from Call of Duty. Now, for me... I 100% know that J-Don would not cheat at Call of Duty. J-Don is a close family friend of mine. Hence why I have the joke, J-Don's a bum. I wouldn't ever have that joke if it wasn't for me personally knowing the lads. And I know without a doubt, 100%, that J-Don is not a cheat. Even the games that he was putting out yesterday, he wasn't doing anything spectacular. He wasn't throwing down 20, 30, 40 kills. He was just being very much himself. His computer updated halfway through. And after this update, his computer turned back on. When he came back onto Call of Duty, it was unfortunate that he couldn't find the game. And it turned out that his account had got banned. Obviously, the lads were pretty annoyed about this. Uh, the look on their end was disastrous. And they, I made the decision to allow them to substitute a player. Uh, at the time, there was only four teams left. I asked the person whose team they were facing at that current time, Jordan Wright from Insight Gaming, I asked him, do you mind if they substitute a player? Someone has been banned on their team. I didn't I didn't ask anyone else in the tournament. However, this was a mistake on my own half. Um, the player, I'm not going to start mentioning any names, but the player who was substituted ended up dropping 30 kills in the next game, which meant that uh, this team that J-Don was originally on ended up getting through to the final. And the team that they were playing in the final weren't too happy about this because the substitution was made and they weren't informed. I did tell them that the reason I didn't inform them was because they were in the middle of the game and I didn't want to disturb them. I asked Jordan's team, who said it was fine. They were still not happy about this. I paused the tournament. And with that, I decided to cancel the entire tournament and give offer a refund back to the players. A lot of people didn't accept it, and a donation has been made to a mental health charity, uh, Minds Matter, on behalf of the Pickle Open and those players that didn't want to refund the money. And this led me to a very, very difficult decision in which I believe the Pickle Open has gotten to a stage where... It is not where I initially intended it to go. If you've watched my YouTube video on why I think people should host tournaments, there was many reasons on there. Um, there was to make money. There was to create a reputation for yourself. I never really had the, that intention with the Pickle Open. The Pickle Open was always designed to just be fun amongst players, create a higher level competitive experience amongst players with a similar mindset. That was always the goal of the Pickle Open. When politics started getting involved and people started to make problems from nothing, it just showed me that this wasn't for me anymore. And I have now decided to call it a quit on that tournament. It's not something that I wanted to do. I loved, I loved hosting those tournaments. But for me, absolutely any content I create... It comes from my heart. It's something that I'm passionate about and it's something that I enjoy. And 
when I don't enjoy something, sadly, that's it. It's over. I'm not a full-time content creator. I don't think I ever will be. I love making content. Sitting here right now, doing this podcast, recording this podcast, it sounds it sounds strange, but it really, really is the highlight of my week. Sitting here, talking about different things that I enjoy, and showing people and entertain, giving people a platform of entertainment that they might not get anywhere else. That that makes me really, really happy. And I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I was heartbroken yesterday when I had to close the tournament and then made the decision to stop the tournaments completely. I'm not gonna lie, I sat in my room on my desk and I cried and I thought everything that I had put in has been ruined overnight. Everything that I tried to make this tournament to be was crushed just right in front of me. And I I cried. I got really, really upset. When you put your heart and soul into something and then suddenly it's it's gone and it I know it was my decision for it to go. But I did, I put I used to put my heart and soul into it. For those of you that do know me and know how much effort and attention to detail that I put in these tournaments to ensure that other people have fun. It's it's quite a lot. Normally it takes me a complete twenty-four hours to sort everything out. I'm talking the financial side to make sure that the winners get their money. I'm talking chasing people up to get money from them. By the way, if you enter a tournament and you don't pay your bills, you are very, very scummy. That then comes out of the tournament providers, hard work, time, and then finance as well. That's another thing. Every single week it was costing me money to run these tournaments. Time, effort, financial, all of it was lost. People kept saying to me, Oh Bran, you know, you've got you've got you're getting amazing viewers. You know, you're averaging fifty viewers on these tournaments. That's amazing. You're getting so many people into the tournaments. And I'm glad that, you know what? It's made some other people decide that maybe they want to host tournaments, which is why I started my YouTube channel. And started doing a series based on those tournaments. And for me, I want them to go out and I want them to have a successful time hosting tournaments. And I want them to gain the same kind of traction that I gained from those tournaments. Because there's there's no doubt that when I, I'm sitting on 400 followers and I have an average of around 20. And an average of 30, 40 on the nights of the tournament. That something that I've done is right and I think I can gain a lot of my trust into the pickle open being a massive part of that so much so probably a much higher success rate than say the podcast or my tiktok channel or my youtube channel but the love the love's gone the love's gone and when the love's gone sadly so is brand pickle those of you that have enjoyed listening to this small segment on the podcast each each and every week Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for not fast-forwarding it. Because <laughs> obviously I do I do time stamp this every single week as well. So I'm sure some of you don't listen to this part. Because unless you were in the tournament, it's probably no interest to you. But this is probably a message to anyone that does create content. Create content that you enjoy. Create content that you want to produce. Don't just produce content because it's cool. Don't just pr- produce content because, you know what? I always play Call of Duty, so I'm going to keep playing Call of Duty. Man, if you're not enjoying creating content, 
if you're just creating content for the sake of creating content, then you're never going to get anywhere. I'm a firm, firm believer in everything that you do in life. You need to put passion, drive, and enthusiasm into it. If you don't, if you don't put your absolute 100% into everything that you do, do not expect to get results. There is so, so many people that I speak to and they just expect greatness. They, they don't know how to get greatness. They don't know what greatness is. They just expect it. They just expect that one day great things are going to happen to them. Now, in in a lot of cases that are quite popularised, this is true. You know, there's footballers that have been discovered by accident. There's great content creators that have been discovered by accident. The philo- My philosophy on Twitch is, well, Twitch, any other content, they all have a lot of different philosophy. But I'm going to delve into Twitch just a little bit because I think Twitch has a very, very strange strange consumerism around it it's one of the strangest social medias that i've ever been on it's one of the wackiest ones where people expect an awful lot of good things to happen when you're live streaming content on any platform any platform whether that be instagram live youtube live in this case twitch live there's going to be a certain degree of randomization in it. The fact that people have to be in the right place at the right time to find your your stream and engage with your stream makes it so hard to grow. When the majority of the people who consume content on that platform also create content from that platform, there's always going to be a case of competitiveness. There's also going to be a case of jealousy. And it's just one of those things that it's so, so hard to break that cycle out of in terms of Twitch. You know, you could be the most entertaining person in the world, but people might only tune into you because they want to help themselves. They want to grow themselves. And I'm finding that out a lot more and more each day. And that is the true intentions of people on Twitch. The true intentions of people that create content. And that be everything that they do, there is a slight bit of self-gain in it. You know, they're, they're helping someone else to be recognized for helping someone else. They, they're not helping someone for the good of helping or because they want to help a friend. They are doing that to have self-gain. I don't believe that's right at all. And I think if you do have that attitude, you're going to be destined to fail. For me, Twitch is a massive hobby. And I know there's always this, you need to stop thinking, if you ever want to make it in Twitch and be a big time streamer, you need to stop thinking of Twitch as a hobby. But if you don't look at it as a hobby, here's the reverse side of that. If you don't look at it as a hobby, then next minute you've got an even bigger problem. And that is, you're not producing something that you enjoy. Again, it goes back to that. You lose enthusiasm. You lose hope. And the content you produce is going to be lackluster. You have to remember all the different 
forms of entertainment that are out there. You know. Why would someone come and choose and sit with you playing a game when they probably can sit on the exact same piece of technology that they're currently on, more than likely a computer? You know, some people do watch Twitch on a phone, and I'll give them that. Why would someone choose to come and watch you play a video game over themselves playing it? The difference is you, right? You are the difference. You in this mixer, them, they, them playing a game is very different to you playing a game. So it doesn't matter what game you're playing. It doesn't matter what you're actually doing. What the difference is, is it's you that's creating that experience for that person. You're, you are creating an experience the same way that John Favreau, when he directs an episode of The Mandalorian, He's not making those episodes of The Mandalorian for self-gain. Well, he kind of is, but this is this is where you get really complicated in terms of the psychological side of producing any form of content. He is creating an episode of The Mandalorian with so much love, so much dedication, and so much commitment to himself, to his fans, to the people that he knows is going to consume that content to ensure it is the very best it is, that he's producing stuff at a high level. You cannot, you cannot think that just by going in to someone's chat, saying hey to them, and then jumping out after two minutes, them doing the same to you, and then they jump out, is ever going to work. And you can't think that, Doing that is going to create this big platform where people are coming and donating hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds to you. And you're sitting off on your sweet little ball. You're just playing cards with cards with the boys. And people are just coming in and chucking money at you. At the end of the day, you have to be in a very particularly high place in that person's eye to for them to support you. To sit on your ass and play games. And it's, it's obviously not easy for me to say that. And where is this going, Bram? Where is this going? I've mentioned it time and time again. Time and time again. You have to be dedicated to what you're producing. Now, this was no, in no means the way that I wanted to take this podcast episode. This was in no means at all. It was meant to be the biggest flops of 2020. And right now, I'm just sitting here and absolutely going off on one in terms of the philosophy and the psychological side of people. And I will never do that. I, I'm i not addicted to the numbers. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yes, I do look at them. And it's, it's nice to want to see growth. It's nice to want to see though the average viewers going up. But, but you need to be real with yourself. You need to sit think, is the content you're producing of a high quality? Or are people just coming because they want because they want the same t- for you to do the same it's support for the sake of support and that for me is the probably the most negative way of creating a twitch channel support for the sake of support obviously you want to support your friends you want to go and support people that you really really like that is why you should be supporting people and that's what you should be thinking when you want people to come and support you. How can you create that meaningful connection? That is probably what I'm going to leave this on. 
you can't expect to support every single person on a platform. You can't ever be expected to do that. There is millions of people on Twitch. If you want every single one of those million people to come and that's your method, then I've got an eye open for you. It ain't going to work. The best, the probably the best you could do is to support 10 people in a week. If all 10 of them come to your stream, that's great. But that's only 10 people. If you're wanting to take this more serious than that, if you're wanting to produce content, then you actually need to produce content. You can't just play a game and expect to have great things happen. That's why I've cancelled the Pickle Open. For me, it might have seemed on paper it was doing positive things for the Brand Pickle channel. And in terms of the connections that I was making and the way people were connecting with me, yes, it was. However, I think it's gone over the line now. And I believe it is now taking a negative effect on what I'm putting out and what I'm producing. Now, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, oh, bugger Bran, what, what, does, what does he know about anything to do with this? Like, why, why should I listen to Bran? It's fine. Don't listen to me. I completely understand if you want to keep supporting people for the sake of supporting. But for me, support for support is as bad as follow for follow. It's follow for follow with additional steps. That's exactly what support for support is. Now, I am not trying to shit on people that are out there trying to support other people to support them, etc. And supporting people for the sake of it. But so many times I see this culture of, oh, can everyone do me a favour and go and tab Big John from school? Because Big John, he's going for affiliate. Come on, everyone get in here. Everyone get in this chat and come and tab. Tab Big John so we can get his affiliate. What is Big John going to learn from that? Big John is going to learn that. Sweet, he's got an average of three viewers and he's just unlocked affiliate. Yes, there is other complications with that. There's other sides of that. Affiliate does open up your channel to a lot more, to a lot more movement. It opens you up to having emotes, which I also kind of don't agree with that. Emotes should be part of a subscriber package, but that's another discussion for another day. Channel points, very, very different. I believe anyone with a channel on Twitch should be allowed to have channel points. They're completely free. I don't see why you should be a Twitch affiliate to be able to use channel points on a channel when there is no monetary value attached to a channel point. I think anyone should be given channel points in order to produce content, which is exactly where we're at now. Produce content on Twitch. Don't just play games on Twitch and interact with people. Yeah, interact with people. That's a form of content. Interacting with people is a form of content. But then you need if you're if that is the main keepsake of your channel, that you're an interactor and you're constantly going to be interacting with the people in the chat. You need to think how are you gonna do this when it gets busier? How what how are you gonna interact with eight people at once? How are you possibly going to hold a single conversation with eight people. You could do a group discussion. I'm not I'm not here to produce answers for that. What I'm here to do, I'm trying to open up your eyes. I'm trying to open up your eyes to a different world of content, a different world where you're not doing the same as everyone else. A lot of people on Twitch sit there and talk to chat. What makes you any different? It's just a theory. It's a theory that I'll always live by, and it's a theory 
that I would never, I don't, when I look at my channel and I look at my viewers from a Sunday, which is the Pickle Open, and I know full well that not a single person would be there. Well, a few. Some people do come specifically to watch the Pickle Open. And I wish, I wish I had stats to separate those people, to separate the people that came just to watch the Pickle Open through my channel, went to other channels and interacted with different people over those people that were in my stream for the sake of being in my stream because they were in the tournament. I reckon if I actually seen those average viewers from the the stream, from the Pickle Open stream, it would probably be maybe 10 people were there to actually watch the Pickle Open and the other 30, 40 people were just a part of the tournament sitting in there for any kind of update or to check scores on other teams, which is another reason why I cancelled that tournament. It's not for me. It's not an accurate representation of what I'm trying to create. And if I don't have the stats, if I don't have the statistics to show me what I'm doing is good and to show me what I'm doing is well, then I then I can't do that. Then for me, it's a it's a it's a dead train. What I'm I'm not going to get too much in terms of my channel. I'm not going to bore you with the details. But it's logic for me that you can apply to any point in your life, any point at all. I've just started a brand new job, part of the Corona vaccine team. Now, I'm putting my heart and soul into that job. It's right now, it's it's 11pm on a Monday evening. As you guys know, I started to record this podcast off air to make sure that I had enough time to record it, to not affect the quality, that kind of thing. I've been at work since maybe 10 o'clock today because I have put my heart and soul into it. I got home from work and I sat down with my mother and we started doing work. And that's because everything I do, I will put passion in. I will ensure that I enjoy it and I will always ensure that it's an enjoyable experience for people as well. And I'm going to continue to live by that. And I don't care if that's not popular. I don't care if, for me, I never get over that 10 viewer threshold mark. I'd like to. I'd absolutely love to. Of course I would. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying there's loads of people out there that produce this this content on. These are the steps that you want to do in order to grow your stream. And what they do is they repeat the exact same steps that either they've done to be successful or someone else has done to be successful. There's a reason that that one person became successful at that approach. And that is because they are the very best at that approach. A good example for this is a, a very popular YouTube channel called Alpha Gaming. Now, Alpha Gaming made a start making content on YouTube around different stream equipment, stuff to do on streams, that kind of thing. And he produced a lot of content outside of Twitch, but it was about Twitch. This created a mass market on YouTube, which then he could easily transfer over to Twitch. Now, you see this a lot. You see people trying to replicate this exact formula, but a lot of them do it wrong. The amount of times that I will go on YouTube and I will see Twitch highlights from Johnny Rocks, 
Ain't nobody wants to go and sit and watch a Twitch highlights from Johnny Rocks unless that is the most entertaining shit I've ever seen in my entire life, which I'm going to be honest, I really doubt it is. It's hard to watch a stream back and not be involved in the moment of being in the chat, getting hyped up, not knowing what's coming next. Whereas if that's in a video format, then generally you know. It says it says in the video title right there, highlight. This is a highlight video. Well, there's got to be some good stuff in here. You're anticipating the good stuff. Not as if I'm watching my pal Shawnee Mac on stream and I don't know what's going to happen next. Next minute, he pulls off the absolute sickest snipe I've ever seen. And I'm going nuts. I'm going bananas because Shawnee's just done this absolutely incredible play that I've just caught live. I've just caught that live on stream. I'm not saying don't go and upload your Twitch highlights on YouTube. But again, don't think copying and doing exactly what other people are doing and what made other people famous is going to work. The world changes very, very fast. And we've seen that naturally with the current pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic. The world has currently shifted huge and fast into this massive online marketplace. Amazon stocks are through the roof. We've already discussed this on a few weeks ago on the podcast, how much Amazon has grown during a financial and global pandemic because of the easiness and convenience of them bringing products to your home. Suddenly, people don't need to leave the house. Why would they leave the house in the midst of a global pandemic when Amazon can bring them to your door? Is the world going to take an absolute shift one more time once we have a bit more freedom and once people are allowed to go to shops again freely? Are we going to see people going, you know what, I'm not going to use Amazon. Why would I use Amazon when I can get out the house for two hours, go and enjoy a bit of time walking around the shops and doing those things that I used to love? Are we going to see a shift and are we going to see Amazon stocks massively drop? Are we going to see a comeback of the high street? This is what you need to remember. This, how does it, wait, how does that relate to content creation, you might ask? You can't just repeat the same results that somebody did three, four years ago and expect them to work for you. If that was the case, there would be billions of people making money on Twitch and there would be billions of people playing video games for a living on Twitch and doing what they need to do. You need to adapt, you need to change, and you need to move with the times. What an absolute turn that was of the podcast, by the way. Going from talking about the pickle open into this mass spiel about the philosophy behind Twitch and the thinking behind Twitch. And you know what? I've not wrote any of that down. That was all off the tip of my tongue. So I do apologise for any points. I stopped, I stuttered. I just wanted to keep going because, again, like I've just been talking about, I was really, really enjoying that. These are the things that are in my head constantly. And these are the things that I want to share with you guys. I've always been open and honest person. And I always will be an open and honest person. And that's exactly why I'm sharing this with you. And I hope that whoever is listening to this thinks, well, what am I doing that's different? What am I doing that someone's not already done three, four years ago? 
how can I make a change to my content, the stuff that I'm producing, or even if you're not a content creator yourself, in my day-to-day life to make sure that I stand out and that I stick out so that I can be the next person that people are making these videos about. How can I be that person that you see on a YouTube? How did, I'm going to use myself as an example, how did Brand Pickle get started? And they're there talking about all these really initiative-filled ideas that he had and what drove him to this success. And one of these days, I'm probably going to look back on this podcast. I'm probably going to listen back to it. And my philosophy will have changed again massively, considering that I think about this pretty much majority of my life. I sit thinking about how things go, what I can do, and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I just want to share all that with you. Let me know your thoughts. Have I hit the nail on the head there? Tag me in a tweet. Message me on Twitter. Have I got it all wrong? Should should you go and learn from people with more experience? Alpha Gaming has seen content creators come and go. He's probably worked with a lot of content creators. Is the tips he's given you, are they probably right? Should you listen to them? Or should you go absolute off the cannon, loose as anything? It's that classic, classic battle of experience versus willingness and speaking of willingness and wanting to create something different and wanting to create change let's move on to what we should have been discussing in today's podcast but we're going to quickly brief over it and for me that is the biggest flops of 2020 now this is a bit of a prelude episode to my episode next week which i promise will stay on topic not like this one and that is going to be the best video games of 2020 It's natural that with anything, when we discuss what's been the best, we have to discuss what's been the worst as well. They go hand in hand. They go together like bread and butter, like apple pie and custard. You've always got to discuss the two together. And I'm going to start this off early on into the year. And with that in mind, it's actually how many delays there were in 2020. The delays have been un undoubtedly worse than we have ever seen in most recent years now a few obviously stick out to me obviously cyberpunk got delayed again it was pretty much an entire year it got delayed at this point and also the marvel's avengers game also got delayed now a few other games didn't actually have any delays but what they did is they probably pushed out some pretty lackluster content, which they weren't originally planning. I think prime examples of this were the Call of Duty Warzone franchise, which built up this huge in-game event with a nuke that seemingly never happened. And they they were constantly teasing new maps, map changes, and all we really seen was a stadium roof get blown off and a few train stations added we got loads of new guns and things like that but the map is still relatively exactly the same nine months on and you can't really again it goes back to the COVID-19 thing it has been a massive effect from that and then you have to look at the sequel to that which was Call of Duty Black Ops 
There is no no doubt in my mind that that game was ready for a release. It's impossible. The game has been one of the most lackluster starts to a Call of Duty there has ever been. There's like five assault rifles, five submachine guns, three light machine guns, two, three snipers, sorry, two RPGs, two shotguns. The the number of weapons alone is very, very pathetic. And they're all, they're all guns that have been done before. They're all guns that have been made already. There's nothing really in there that's like, wow, look at this weapon. Look at this great new weapon mechanic that we have in this game. You know, they had the gunsmith in there from the Modern Warfare games, but it seems like it just wasn't ready for release. There was no flamethrowers in there. There was no take on the crossbow. There was no, like, gun that stuck out as, well, this is really great, this is really different. And then you got to look at the maps. On game release, there was about six maps, the least there's ever been in a Call of Duty game. The Call of Duty Warzone integration, which was a massive part of this game coming up to the moment in it, had inevitably been delayed to the 13th of December, a whole month after the release of the game. Again, another delay. Cyberpunk delayed. Marvel Avengers delayed. And games just not being released in a finished state. For the sheer sake of the companies that are ahead of these games wanting it, to be out. If Call of Duty Black Ops never came out on the day it did, it would have inevitably pushed back the next Call of Duty title, Modern Warfare 2, let's call it. It would have pushed Warzone back even more, and it could have potentially killed the entire franchise and this current heat that they're on. So I see exactly why they pushed out the content in that way, but it's a shame to see. Let's discuss the next biggest disappointment of 2020. For me, I tried to defend this game to high heavens and earth. It was the Marvel's Avengers. Now, looking back after playing this game, you know, during the time that I played it, I seen it have quite a lot of potential. I thought, you know what? This has got the makings to be a great game. And now that I actually look back on it at this point, and I've played a few other titles of this year, and I've looked back on things like Marvel Spider-Man, for instance, or the sequel to that, well, post-kind-of-part sequel in Miles Morales, and I think, wow, what an absolute train wreck that game actually was. It's got all the makings of a good superhero game without the superhero part. The characters were built up in this way that they're all super unique which is kind of true. All the characters do play in a unique way. But in order to create that, they had to sacrifice so much. And that being, the enemies were all bland and boring. The environments that you were in were all kind of like open, bland messes of nothingness. And the gear and loot system was kind of, again, just boring. It didn't affect your appearance in any way. So when you were collecting these rare bits of loot, it just felt like, it, well, it didn't do anything. It was just it was just numbers on a screen. And with that, it just takes the enjoyment out of that style of game. What they tried to do was create the next Destiny style of game. But what they didn't realize is a property like the Marvel Avengers shouldn't really be treated in that way. 
I can see why they did it. It's got a lot of potential for people to be buying multiple skins. It's got potential for people to be buying content for the game. It's got a, a world that's already built up and people know and love to be able to introduce variety of characters over a lifespan and keep including them in the game. Now, whether we actually see any of that content now that the fan base is so low is another story. But it really, really is a shame for me to see this game come out the way it did, as it it, it is terrible. And I don't I wouldn't say that easy. It's they've tried to do too much at once, and I think that's where the problems fell. They've tried to create a game where they can make money off it. They've tried to create a game with the uniqueness of each Avengers character. To be honest, I would have rather have this been a straight up Captain America game with the Avengers on the sideline, and it opens up the world for a potential of an Iron Man sequel, a Thor sequel, that kind of thing. It could have been the making of a very similar thing to what we've seen in the MCU. And the MCU does get a lot of flack, but you have to admit that it is very, very successful, and a lot of the success relies on its ability to continue a coherent story across multiple channels. People go and see Iron Man, they see Thor and Iron Man, so then they go and watch the next four film, stuff like that. It's it's basic human nature, and I think if they took this approach with these games instead of it being a let's just go straight off the bat and make the Avengers in video game form, we could have seen a very different game. This game and the way it plays probably would have been great for a Captain America game, where you know you go rounds, you collect different shields you collect different armor for captain america you build him up it's this punch him up style gameplay and it's a lot of fun that way you could have done more with the characters because you're not relying on a hulk model being able to interact with a enemy model the same way that captain america dealt with the models you could have had more you could have had people with guns you could have had you could have done all sorts and then, from that, you tease the Avengers at the end, very similar to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then the next game, it's Iron Man, which is a great city game where you're flying around the city and you're blasting robots out the sky and you're upgrading tech. And there's an in-depth armor system in which it actually affects his appearance. And you buy, instead of buying whole armor sets that only affect appearance you could buy little bits of items from a store that affect his armor and it also makes it look different and stuff like that would have been brilliant but instead they've rushed the franchise they've done an absolute justice league and tried to rush to an end product and in relation to that they've completely ruined what could have been a fantastic game and because of all these thoughts for me marvel's avengers is without a doubt the biggest flop of 2020 it, it's actually breaking my heart now to say that that it is the worst video game experience of 2020 and there's been some pretty horrific games side note a lot of people might be thinking because the current hot topic of cyberpunk and i we, we did talk about this a little bit just towards the start of this section and how cyberpunk is being received now i think the big difference with cyberpunk and avengers is they haven't really done anything to the sort that the Avengers has done. They've actually got the the base and the building of a great game. It's just a buggy mess right now. 
it probably shouldn't have been released on the Xbox series, Xbox One, and it probably shouldn't have been released on the PlayStation 4. When they made that decision to delay it into the time scale of that of the Series X and that of the PS5, with that, they probably should have dropped the Xbox One and the PS4. And that probably would have stopped these problems with the game. And also, it would have been a great unique selling point of the next generation of consoles. Instead of this new selling point, which is, oh, don't worry, you don't need the next gen, because you can play it on your old gen. Yeah, but you can play it on your old gen, but it's absolute turd. It's absolute garbage. Even playing a game like Call of Duty on my old Xbox compared to my new Xbox, the experience that you get is completely different. Completely different. But I'm not going to get into that too much. For me, Cyberpunk's not the biggest flop of 2020. It does have potential to be the biggest flop of 2021 if the team doesn't take action to fix it. So far, we have seen them acting, and they have been acting very, very well. They've already offered full refunds to everyone on the PlayStation 4 service. And they have said that they are expecting patches to come out in January and February for the next gen and the previous gen to make the game more compatible. If that's the case and they continue that kind of support, I could see that being a great game. But they probably shouldn't have released it until they knew it was at that stage. But anyway, what a strange podcast. What a bizarre podcast that's been. Could be a little bit of effect because I am quite tired and it makes me it makes me want to ramble. But as always, this has been your host, Bran Pickle. Where can you find me? They might ask Bran. Bran, 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 Bran. Oh, Bran, Bran. He who can. Where can we find your podcast, man? Let me tell you. You can find me on Twitter at Bran Pickle. You can find me on Instagram at Bran Pickle. You can find me on Facebook at Bran Pickle. And why is the music playing? The music should not have been playing there. But you can find me on Facebook at Bram Pickle. Apparently you can type in Bram Pickle and actually find me on Facebook, by the way, which I did not know. You can find me on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. At Bram Pickle. And you can find me over on my TikTok page at Bram Pickle. As always, you can find the link to all of these down in the description below. Thank you guys for listening to the absolute ramblings of a madman. The greatest entertainer on the internet, Bran Pickle. Get your pickles out. I'll see you in the next one. Peace, love, I'll see you soon.